Hi everyone, welcome to Do It Today. I'm Kara Catruzzola, and today I'm talking with Florencia Iriando, a writer, performer, and showrunner. She is currently performing her one-woman musical South right now at the Soho Playhouse in Manhattan. It's about family and belonging and finding home away from home. Florencia, thanks so much for being here. It's Wednesday, just afternoon. Um, what are you doing today? Kara, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. I still remember our first conversation years ago when we were first starting, or I was first starting the BMI Musical Theatre Workshop, and you were telling me everything about your career. So I really appreciate you taking the time and us having this conversation. Now, this is Wednesday, and I have a show in a few hours. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so a little bit of um, resting in between shows, because I have shows Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesdays at Soho Playhouse. Also getting ready and, and doing lots of things. You saw the show, so you know that throughout the show, I also give away some food. So I am also baking as we speak. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What are you baking? I wrote it into the script. And every time I think about taking it out because it's a lot of work, I think, no, there's a reason why I did this. My, my goal with the show is that I share a little piece of my culture. And a big part of that is food. So I want this show to feel like I'm opening the doors of my own living room. I welcome you into my home and we're sharing stories and songs. And when I talk about certain things, like how my mom would give me chipas, which are cheese breads, whenever she had something serious to say, or if it's a birthday, we share birthday cake. I want to have those out there so that people can get a sense of what that was like. So right now I am taking some pre-made chipas that I did a few days ago and I froze like little balls of this little cheese bread and I'm gonna wait a little bit until it's defrosted and then I'll put them in the oven. That seems like a very smart move instead of uh, baking them from <laughs> scratch every single day. I mean they're so <laughs> delicious and the show the show is incredible and you're exactly right you know it feels like you're welcoming us into your home and telling the story of your family moving from Argentina to New York City and all of the changes that ensue. And what is your kind of mindset right now since you've been doing it for a couple of weeks and you've been living with this story and developing the show for a number of years? How does it feel to sort of be at that moment of sharing it tonight? It's been quite a journey. And I started writing this eight, nine years ago, I auditioned to the BMI Writers um, Workshop with some of this music many, many, many years ago. And it's been reshaped and it's been redeveloped several times. And it's always a different feeling. There are some elements that are very true to my experience, the themes about family and home for sure. But then there are plot points that are not necessarily autobiographical. So that allows me to have some sort of perspective and talk about difficult things. It gives me enough perspective for me to do this um, day after day. And so, for example, I moved to New York by myself 10 years ago. And before that, I lived in New Zealand and I lived in Ireland and I've been sort of building my own uh, life on my own for the last 20 years and meeting new people and making new friends in different countries as I moved along. My family, they're all still in Argentina, while the show talks about an entire family that moves together to New York. And that gives me some space to talk about certain things. But something that's very true to my own experience, and it's also included in the show, is this big gap, age gap, 
that I have with my siblings and how I choose to live abroad, even though I love and miss my family and my hometown every single day. And I think that sort of nostalgia and also joy with what our decisions are comes across. So I'm able to come in and out of all of these feelings with every performance. What does it feel like to share that with people who are now coming to see this version of something that you've poured so much time and, and energy into? Because, you know, the audience is basically part of the show. You know, we feel yes. like we're we belong with you. So I just wonder about that sort of like energy transfer between people who are so eager to talk to you. How do you sort of find that balance between what you give to everyone else and, and what they're giving back to you? This is completely new for me. This is the first time in my life that I am performing something every single night. And I didn't know how my body was going to react. I'm 40 and I spent 20 years working for a company, Monday through Friday, nine to five, going to an office and working for someone and being around people, sitting down on my desk, doing different things. I was a TV producer back home in Argentina, working also behind the scenes in all of these other countries, doing different things. I built the whole video and podcast production and strategy for LinkedIn here in New York at the Empire State Building for 10 plus years. So I was always behind the scenes and I knew what my days would look like. And this year is a major year and there's been so many ups and downs with the decision of leaving corporate America, leaving mm -hmm. tech, leaving a world where I felt so I knew exactly what was going on. I felt that it was my place. I had so many friends and mentors. My boss, the editor-in-chief at LinkedIn, had been the same boss for 10 plus years. And he's just a wonderful person who opened so many doors for me. So leaving that world and really taking a leap and thinking, okay, I came to New York with a dream to have my own show. And it's what I wanted to do since I was a kid. I finally have the means to do it. And by means, I mean meeting people and having some sort of resources and some experience with workshopping this show for many, many years and just believing that I can do what this show, what I did with my career in production, which was meeting people and working hard and building something that's very small and then growing it. So it's a leap of faith. And I really didn't know how it was going to go and going from Every single day of my life, knowing that I wake up and I go to an office or even before that, going to school, going to college, I had a routine to starting a new routine from scratch, where if I don't do this, nobody's pushing me to do it. So it's very easy to, you know, I'm feeling down, I'm feeling sad, I'm losing purpose. Why am I doing this? So I could just let it go and not keep pushing. And nobody, I, I would have no boss saying, hey, where's this show? And I have to be my own boss now. I have to not hit snooze and just wake up when the alarm <laughs> clock starts ringing and build a routine from scratch and, and do all of this. I'm self-producing and I'm also writing and I'm performing and I am selling the tickets and making sure that the theater, you know, everything is fine behind the scenes and building a team that's helping me do this from lights and sound and production and the musicians. So it's a lot and it's very exciting, but it's a new way of doing things. So I was very scared and I'm finally sort of 
getting rid of that duality for 20 years. I had like my day life where I was going to an office doing things and then my night life where I was writing and performing. Now I'm removing myself from that duality and trying to be one person. And that is new and I'm still finding myself in that space. And there are days where I am so happy and I enjoy everything. And there are other days where I'm still wondering what's going on. (laughs) And how do you encourage yourself to keep going? You have the show and this run, and that is a ton of work. And you have all the momentum that, that led you up to that. But when you're having that kind of off day or bad day or, oh, gosh, wouldn't it be easier if I could clock in and answer some emails? What are the kinds of things that you tell yourself to turn that around? I I am at the core, I'm a very optimistic person. So whenever I'm feeling down, I tend to punish myself. Like, why are you not grateful for all the good things that are (laughs) happening and the the luck and the opportunities that are around you? Now I'm starting to learn that whenever I'm feeling down, I need to just let and allow myself to feel sad because there's a lot of uncertainty that comes with this. Like what happens after this run is over? I don't know. And it will most likely depend on how hard I push or what else I want to do. And that requires a lot of energy. So whenever I am feeling down or I'm afraid, I'm trying to let myself feel that at least for a day. And I curl up and I watch Friends (laughs) or The Nanny with my mate, my my Argentinian drink. And I'm like, okay, I'll do this for today. And then I have people that have known me forever and I call them and I tell them this is how I'm feeling. And then they remind me of why I'm doing what I'm doing. My sister is one of those people. She's 10 years younger than me, but she's so much wiser in so many ways. And she always tells me, hey, you are doing this for the 12-year-old you. That's it. As long as that 12-year-old you is proud and happy that you get to do this every day, then that's it. And I have other friends in Argentina who have seen me perform on stage in Argentina when I was 15. And they're like, somehow you made it to New York and you get to do this every day. That's it. Enjoy it. Whatever happens, happens. It's out of your hands. Just try to be yourself and be authentic. And then hopefully that alone will open doors or, or we'll see what happens later. But enjoy what you're doing now. And that perspective from people who know me very well helps me think, oh, I need to stop chasing what other people are chasing or worrying about where I think I should be and just enjoy the time that I have here now. That reminds me of a quote that I saw yesterday, probably on Instagram, but it was by Rick Rubin, the music producer. And he said something like, if you like what you're creating, that's all that matters. Yes. You really can't control the audience, you can't control the critics, you can't control what comes next. But I think it just really sounds like you have that satisfaction of this is exactly what I wanted to make and you're getting to make it the way you want to make it. Yes, yes. And you know, I think I couldn't have written this the way it is now 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Even the show that I had written eight years ago was different from the way in which I rewrote it during the pandemic. Everybody had their own experience during the pandemic. For me, it was very isolating because I lived by myself and I was working for a tech company from my home. And I'm very lucky that I had a job during that tough time, but I was alone for many months. 
And in that time is that I thought, okay, the show that I was creating before used to be bigger with more characters and flashy and a bigger band. And now I really want something that's small and intimate and authentic. And I just want to go to someone's house and hug them and feel that, that I belong somewhere, even if it's for a short period of time. So it was then that I decided to completely change this and turn it into a one-person storytelling experience where there's music throughout. And I really do want to make sure that people feel that I'm welcoming them into my home. And I couldn't have done that without all of these years. So yes, certainly I'm here now and I'm, I'm glad that I went through the experiences that I went through before. You know, you honed all of these skills at LinkedIn where you developed podcasts and video series and interviewed celebrities and ran a team. And I'm just wondering how those things that you learned to do there have applied to building this show. How, how are they similar and how are they different? I think that they're very similar and, and skills are transferable. All my life, I've been writing and, and performing and singing and doing all of these things. And at the same time, I actually love the fact that I am entrepreneurial. And for a long period of time, when I was with my artist friends, I was kind of feeling ashamed that I also had this sort of business entrepreneurial uh, hat. And when I was with my tech producer people um, working in a studio, I always felt ashamed that I'm also like this, what they would see like a hippie artist doing other <laughs> things. So I always felt like I didn't really belong anywhere. And I was trying to adjust myself whenever I was in one of those rooms. And now I'm finally embracing those two worlds. And I am proud to, 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 to be both, a little bit of both of those. And I think that those skills really are transferable. You need to be creative to in anything that you do. Human beings are created by nature, no matter what we do, no matter what job we have. And I am also a very scrappy person. I feel like I can fix things, that if you throw me in any environment, I'll more or less build my world um, or my way around it. And I moved to different countries knowing no one and with no job. I went to Ireland and I didn't know anything and I just... I figure it out. I, I got a job in a restaurant and, you know, I I can make things happen. And that is exactly what we're doing when we're creating something from scratch. There's nothing there. And somehow then there is a show. And during my 10, 12 years at LinkedIn, when I was building this video and podcast production team, there was no video there. So we had to start small. I just pitched an idea and I, I had a vision, but we had never done anything like that before. So I built it from scratch. And I like that energy that comes with that. And when I finally had my conversation with my boss and I told him, I think it's time for me to move on. And I, I'm not actually applying for another job. I'm going to build this thing with my own show. He said, you know, I've been wondering why you weren't doing that with your own show all, all along because this, you know, he also saw these things that we are describing now, how skills are transferable. And now I'm building a team and I am pitching the show. So I am writing submission pieces, like you said, and, and applying for grants and pitching my show to different theaters. So it is very similar to the things that I was doing before. It's just that now I'm doing all of that for theatrical piece. But it's exciting to see how these two worlds have combined. 
I I just love that word scrappy. That feels it feels mm-hmm. so appropriate for that. So right now it's one o'clock. What does one o'clock through the rest of the day look like for you? I have so many alarm sets on my phone every day. I wake up in the morning and I, the first thing I do is I set different alarms for all of the things that I need to do. And then I can rest and relax and enjoy the moment, the pockets of time in between them, knowing that my phone will remind me of what I need to do. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, I would be either panicking all day that I need to do things, but not actually doing them because it's too early and not even enjoying my downtime. So I found that having all of those alarm sets allows me to enjoy the different pockets of time. So I have one alarm for 2 p.m., which is when by 2 the cheese breads need to be in the oven so that they're ready uh, and I can forget about that. And at 2.30, I start warming up. Then I take a quick shower and I start doing my makeup. And I go through the entire script around 3.30, 4 p.m. only because I, even though I've done this a million times, I want to make sure that I go through it again one last time. And then by 5, another. You know what I do, Cara? Maybe you'll find this funny. At 5 p.m., I watch every day before the show the opening scene from the movie Tick, Tick, Boom. Oh, my God. Because at 5 p.m., I start getting nervous. You know, it's like a presentation. It's I have to go somewhere and to be judged or to face like an exam every day. And watching those first eight, nine minutes of Tick, Tick, Boom reminds me that I'm lucky enough to be doing this and that we're all trying to do this Whatever this means to anyone, because it can be a sport, it can be a show, it can be writing a book, it can be a job or an exam or something. We're all trying to do something every day. And I don't know, that puts me in a good mindset. And then I start walking to the theater and we do sound check. And at 6.30, we open doors and at 7, we have the show. And then I'm so happy. And then I go to bed and the following day, I start over again. (laughs) Are you going out after the show or just going no. straight home? Yeah, straight home. And and also because I didn't know how my body was going to react and I was scared that this was the first time that I was doing this every day and I have to sing all of these songs every single night. I'm kind of testing and pushing my own boundaries just to see how this goes. So I'm trying to come home every night and, and rest and during the weekends also trying to, if I see people not go to places where it will be very loud so that I don't raise my voice because I'm very... I am a loud person. So I always, my nature to go out and hug people and start being excited. Oh, how are you? I miss you. And I can't do this. <laughs> when the show, you know, when the show closes or you have a little break, then then the hugging yes. can resume. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love that you mentioned Tick, Tick, Boom, because I think it's a, a perfect sort of reminder and sort of like centering representation that's the word, Cara, for sure. Centering and Jonathan Larson's personal story and his professional story is so moving that, yes, it's very centering. These like essential reminders, too, of like why we're here, why we're doing these things, why we sort of deal with the difficult parts, you know, and how we can sort of push through those to get to that cathartic moment of, oh, I am sharing this with other people. I am actually in charge of my future and remembering that all of the effort actually does lead up to something. And sometimes those things are unseen 
And sometimes yeah. it's very tangible, right? Dara, I want to thank you so much for the kind words that you're saying. You're very thoughtful and, and your perspective is very meaningful to me. I connected with you years ago because we both have, I think, shared experiences where we had also this duality where we were doing things and we also we, we had a job and we were sort of paid to do certain things, but there were other things that were passionate to us. And you've always been someone that I've been very inspired by. I have now here with me your Do It Today book, and you say the word deadline can often inspire dread and we should try to approach deadlines as milestones. And I cannot reinforce how important that is to me and with everything I do, especially now that I'm self, you know, self-producing and writing and everything. This is very important and it's a constant reminder. So I want to thank you for everything that you are doing with your work. Well, thank you for, for saying that. Um, and that does remind me, you know, that with something like this too, with an ongoing creative project, looking ahead, do you think about future milestones that you want to achieve? And do you think about those as a kind of guiding force? Like, I just wonder what that future milestone, the big dream milestone would look like for you and, and this show. Yeah, I ha I need deadlines to push me. And I, I, think, I feel like even though I have big goals and aspirations and until I have a deadline, I am still delaying and procrastinating and thinking, oh, I'll get to that later. So I need deadlines. And I'm already sort of worried about what happens after November 15th. I'm already thinking I need another deadline and I need to know that I'm going to be doing the show again in X month or X date just to know that I what I'm going to be doing later. And for, for 20 years, I've been making a living out of other things like being a producer or a showrunner behind the scenes. So now my big goal is to be able to make a living out of this, out of producing my own work and my own writing and performing. As you said before, these are similar skills to what I was doing before. It's just that now instead of producing for another company, I am producing fiction that I am writing myself. So that's my big goal is to continue to do. I feel very lucky that now I'm finally doing what I've been wanting to do forever. So just continuing to do this is my big goal. I love that. It sounds like a sort of life milestone continuation and you don't actually have to cross a finish line. You can just keep going and keep getting people in there and, and seeing your beautiful work. Well, I feel like a timer is going to go off any second now and uh, the, the cheapas are going to be put in the oven. But <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time today to talk us through your Wednesday. And I can't wait to see the show again. I just urge everyone who's listening to go see it. It's called South at the Soho Playhouse. Cara, thank you so much. I always love talking with you. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I'm going to go watch a little bit of Tick, Tick, Boom now. You inspired me. Yes.